Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are in part two of this series of Start Over. Now I'm gonna do a very quick review and then I'm gonna jump into some material here. Now, I want you to remain very flexible in your thinking. I want you to remain very open. Because in order for us to experience the start over that we genuinely want to experience, and again, if that start over has not been initiated by God, it's not really a start over. Because the start over that's initiated by God is always going to be preceded by a change of heart. And so today, we're gonna focus in on some of the things that might hinder us from stepping into that start over. Sometimes, I know nobody in here would ever do this, but sometimes, some of us humans, we literally resist the very one who knows exactly what we need on the inside. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So we're talking about this idea of start over. We, we talked last week, we mentioned that the Bible is full of promises of God, from God, about a start over, fresh start over. Isaiah 43, verse 18. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And I, I could teach a whole week on this. It's so much there. Someday I'm going to do a message just on this scripture. I am making a way. It's present tense, not in the future. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You see, when we're ready and primed for a start over, we don't even realize that we've been in a wasteland. We don't even realize we've been in the desert. And God's saying, no, I already know where you are. I've located you a long time ago. And I am now making way for you in that wilderness and in that desert. And I'm telling you, I believe this scripture is prophetic today. In other words, it's pointing to something else in the, in, in the message that you're going to connect with later on. All right? So all throughout the Bible, we talked about last week, and all throughout the Bibles, we see evidence of start over, start over, start over. Remember last week I said, we don't get six chapters into the Bible, and all of a sudden, bam, here we are at the first start over. God chooses Noah, has him build a boat, brings him and his family in there. The entire rest of the planet gets wiped clean with a flood, fresh start over. Later on, we talked about how Israel was delivered out of Egypt, fresh start over, brought into the promised land. Then we talked about John the Baptist's ministry, which was preparation for a fresh start, preparation for this born-again experience that Jesus would introduce into the earth. Amen. And then we talked about Jesus himself, how his message was to embrace the new. Let me ask you this question. What good is it if God brings you to a place of a fresh new start and you don't embrace it? And you don't embrace it. You don't take advantage of it. You don't take hold of it. You don't let it do in you what, it want, what, what God wants to do. Amen? That would be a waste, wouldn't it? So Jesus comes on the scene. His message is about embracing and, and taking hold of all that he wants to do. He was preparing everyone for that born-again experience. Now, the other thing, too, which I mentioned already, without a heart transformation, that can never be a true start over. The inside nature must change or else the outside conduct never will. Never will. And so we understand that the goal of the scriptures, the word of God, is to get us to experience transformation, transforming, being renewed, start over, getting a fresh start. It's supposed to take us from death to life. It's supposed to take us from old to new. It's supposed to take us from sick to healed. It's supposed to take us from captive to, to free. Amen? Amen? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. 
And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy, oh man, this is a message for the church today, if there was ever a message for the church today. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let, them, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. There's that, there's that change of nature on the inside. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I don't have a lot of time this morning, but I feel like I need to share this. I can trace multiple startovers in my life. I'm talking about before I came to Christ, but especially since I came to Christ. Every one of those startovers were preceded by some type of revelation from God. I remember this would have had to be 1990, you know, 89, somewhere like that. Gosh, that sounds so long ago now. And the business, I, the business I had here in town was a seven-day-a-week business. Seven days a week. When you're in the food business, restaurant business, there is, you just get up and do the same thing every day. And so there was one point in time when I knew God was dealing with me. You've you got to put this business in my hands. You've you got to turn loose of this thing. And, and showed me that I was the one that was, was resisting change because I was fearful that if I did not open the restaurant or the food business seven days a week, we wouldn't be able to make it. That it just necessitated me being there on a Sunday. And I'll never forget, it was August the 8th of whatever year, I think it was 89. I think it was 89. On August the 8th, I remember that number because I remember when I woke up, I realized, my God, it's, it's the eighth day. It's a day of new beginnings. And uh, you know, number eight is symbolic of new beginnings in the Bible. And so I remember having a dream that night. And in that dream, I'm running through, through these woods, and there's something chasing me with this, like, long knife, okay? And, and, and it's chasing me, chasing me. So it was very fearful. And, and at one point, I heard in the dream, stop right now and turn around and face it. And when I stopped in that dream and turned around and faced it, it disappeared. And nobody had to interpret it for me. I knew exactly what God was telling me. If you don't turn this business over to me, if you don't release your, your constant having to control this thing, and get rid of that fear and face that fear, I'm never gonna be able to do anything with this business. And so I made the decision right there, told my wife that day, this is the last Sunday that we'll be open. It was a Saturday night going into Sunday morning, I remember it now, I remember it now. And so I said, we're gonna shut the business on Sundays, whatever happens, happens, because I think this is hindering everything that God wants to do in our lives. Amen? So what happened? We had a start over, yes? But it was preceded by what? A change of heart. If you're not ready for a change of heart, you're not gonna experience a start over. Now, I'm gonna shift here, and I need you to follow me now. I had resisted that change for quite a while. And so, I saw in my life that after I made that change, things didn't go exactly the way I thought they were going to, but I progressed in the plan of God. I, I don't have time to explain that, but just take that at face value right now. In other words, it didn't go the way I thought God was gonna do it, but had I not made that move, I wouldn't be where I'm standing right now. Now, I don't know how long I limited God. 
say you limited God. How, how can a human being limit God? Can I get Psalm 78 up here? I want you to pay strict attention to this scripture. Because many of us have been raised to think, because God is all powerful, God is sovereign, God is ever present, God is omniscient, he knows everything, there is nothing that can stop God. Except man. Now this is Psalm 78 is a history of Israel, coming out of Egypt, coming, towards, coming to the promised land. Now let's read through this. Don't read it out loud, but read it with me. For their heart was not steadfast with him. They weren't sold out to God. They weren't all in, nor were they faithful in his covenant. Next verse. For he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away, did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that we are but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. How often... They provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Grieved God. God was grieved. God was saddened because he couldn't get their cooperation. Are you listening to me? Look at the next verse. Yes, again and again they tempted God and then read the last phrase with me. And what? Limited the Holy One of Israel. You and I can limit God if we don't cooperate with him. They limited God through their disobedience, through their unbelief, through their stubbornness, through the fact that they just were not, they would not cooperate with him. Every time God gives Moses a directive, they're squawking, they're complaining, they're grumbling, on and on. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? So you and I need to be very aware of this fact. Because let me, let me just say this to you, I doubt very much. Now Psalm 78 is written hundreds of years after the fact. I doubt very much if the average Israelite was aware that they were limiting God. All they thought was, well, this is how I am, this is who I am, this is how I was born, this is how, this is how God made me. And so they just went about life, and in the end, out of that two to two and a half to three million people, only two of them went into the promised land. The rest of them died in the wilderness because they would not cooperate with God. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to do that to you today. Although I wonder why he hasn't. Not to some of you, I mean just in general, in society. Why the ground hasn't split. Why lightning bolts don't come out of the sky and destroy, whatever. Let me not get carried away, okay? But there are many who live and die as Christians on this earth. Go to heaven, but never enter into the plan that God had for them. Why? Because just like the Israelites, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, how do I know that this is a situation that we need to address today? Because we have instruction along these lines in the New Testament. Now, can I just give you a little 30 second lesson here on how to read the Bible? The New Testament, the Bible's broken up in two parts, right? Well, we call the Old Testament what we call the New Testament. But you got the Old Testament, which is the books of Moses, all the prophets, the Psalms, all that. And then you come to the New Testament, which, is, which kind of introduces itself in the Gospels. The Gospels, there's four of them. They're all the story of Jesus' ministry, his life here on the earth. At the end, we have the book of Acts, which records what happened after Jesus rose from the dead, ascended it to heaven, and then the Holy Spirit comes to the earth 
to indwell the believers, indwell the church, okay? So the book of Acts is a history book. Once you're done with the book of Acts, everything else from there until you get to the book of Revelation is all instruction for the church. So if you don't have a lot of time, you don't know what to read, don't just go to the instructions to the church. Why, because that's you. You're the church. And so we've gotta pay very strict attention to whatever the Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul and the other writers, Peter, John, James, whatever he led them to write, we've gotta be careful to make sure that we follow these instructions because these are instructions for the church. The church is still on the earth today. So that means that that same instruction that was given back then 2,000 years ago is pertinent today. It applies to us. And the Apostle Paul saw many who started outright and who God wanted to give multiple start overs, but they did not cooperate with the instructions. And just like the Israelites that never made it to the promised land, he talks about some who never made it into their promised land and walking out the plan of God for their lives. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, I'm not in the ministry. Oh, honey, you're mistaken. Every believer is called to the ministry. Now, now you're here this morning, but you're specifically here according to God's purpose to receive instruction in righteousness, in just how to be a representative of God, how to conduct your speech here on the earth, because words are extremely important, we're gonna talk about that, okay? So, so please, try to train yourself, and, and please hear me from my heart, try to train yourself to stop going to church to just feel better. You wanna just, you wanna feel better? Watch somebody on television. And let that be your fix. Gotta feel better, gotta feel better. But when you come to church, in a church that you're part of, understand that we come together to receive instruction of how you're gonna live from Monday until next Saturday. Unless you come to Wednesday night service and get a little bit of a shot in the arm, (laughs) which I would advise you to do. So now, are you hearing me? So now, do any of us want to ever be found guilty of limiting God in our lives? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, what I get more concerned about is the person who doesn't care. Because you remember last week, if you weren't here, go listen to the message. I talked about not only do we need start overs when we experience a defeat or a failure or a setback, but we definitely need to start over when we plateau and we don't care anymore. We become stagnant. We become comfortable. We don't care if we really grow anymore in the things of God. After all, I'm going to heaven, I don't really care. Well, you see, your position in heaven is gonna be determined by how many you bring with you. Because God's biggest concern is people. Now, where am I going with this? If, If any of us entertain conduct, It is unbecoming of a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's gonna get sober now. Then we need to be concerned about two things. Number one, we need to be concerned the fact that it's displeasing to God. 
I know some people don't care about that anymore. And some stuff is even being taught that God doesn't care about that anymore. But I don't see that in the scriptures. I see Paul saying, walk circumspectly. Walk worthy of your calling. Okay? The second thing we need to be very concerned about is that our conduct, our speech, our pattern of life does not stumble and block somebody else from wanting to know this God that we claim we serve. Oh, it's gotten serious here this morning. Oh, pastor, I was coming to hear this uplifting start over message. Well, honey, you can't experience a real start over that's initiated by God unless there's a change of nature on the inside. How do we know this is a problem? Let me read to you from the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter four. Now, the book of Ephesians is written to Christians, yes? Yes, I'll say it for you. And listen to what he has to address here. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as Gentiles do. For they are hopelessly confused, their minds are full of darkness, they wander far from the life of God. Who is a Gentile? A Gentile in this context is someone who was not connected to God through covenant. It's a person who's living on the earth, has never made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't have any knowledge of God, doesn't want any knowledge of God, and Paul says this is the way those individuals walk through life. Their minds are full of darkness, they wander far from the life that God gives because they, are clo- they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. Boy, you think he was watching the news today. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly, pra- eagerly, uh, eagerly practice every kind of impurity. This is written to Christians. He says, don't live like them. Don't live like them. Verse 20, but that isn't what you learned about Christ since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Verse 22, here's our responsibility. Throw off all your old sinful nature. Well, if, if I'm told to throw off my old sinful nature, that means that that old sinful nature must have an ability to try to cling to me again. Yes or no? Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, so I'm at the Holy Spirit, renew your what? Thoughts and attitudes. There's, there's that change of nature. There's that change of heart. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Throw off the sinful nature. But wait a second, Pastor, I'm born again already. Yes, you're born again. Your spirit is born again. Your soul has to be transformed. The way you think, your emotions, the way you respond and react to life has all got to be transformed. How's that gonna happen? By the word of God. And so obviously, there were problems in the early church. Obviously, everybody in the early church wasn't walking around with a halo around their heads. They were born again, they're going to heaven. They might have even be filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke and maybe spoke in tongues and maybe spent hours in prayer, but they were still living like the Gentiles. They needed a fresh start. Verse 25, he begins to list all these things that hinder us from experiencing 
a fresh start. So stop telling lies. Christians? Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And this is talking about neighbors, he's not talking about the people who live next door to you. He's talking about the people that are sitting next to you right now. So stop telling lies, tell your, tell your, let, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. 26, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're so angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul and abusive language, even on Facebook. Let everything you say. <laughs> I spend more time hiding posts. Let me start again with that one. Don't use foul or abusive language. Foul and abusive, don't mix those two up. They're two separate things. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words, say words, Words. so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. God's Spirit can be sad. He can be sad and yes, he can be grieved. He's a person. He's not a thing. And how do we sadden him? It says right here, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you what? Live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness. So obviously there was bitterness. Get rid of rage. Obviously there was rage. Get rid of anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. In other words, if I forgot anything else that's contrary to God, stop doing that too. Well, pastor, this sounds very judgmental. Yeah. The word of God is trying to instruct us how we're supposed to live. Why? Because you got born again in your spirit. And until your spirit affects your soul, your soul is still going to talk and act and do the things that people in darkness do. Until you allow the word of God, to open your eyes and cause the word of God, what the word of God will come in and do and cause your heart to crave and desire to be separate from those things. Verse 25, stop telling lies. Lies destroy trust. Do we realize this? Liars cannot be trusted. Jesus said that Satan is a liar. When we lie, we identify with him. We were taken out of that family and brought into the family of God. Ephesians chapter five, verse one tells us we're supposed to imitate God just like little children imitate their fathers. When you and I conduct ourselves as liars, it's like we're saying, thank you for bringing me into this family, but I wanna reconnect with my old dad because that's his nature. But pastor, sometimes it's so hard to tell the truth. But the Bible says to speak the truth in love. Whenever you have to make, when you have to confront someone about something, what I usually do is this, and just, just a hint for you, or just an encouragement. I'll pray, Father, I know from past experience, if I deal with this in the flesh, in other words, if I deal with this without you setting this situation up, it's gonna be worse than what it is now. So Lord, I'm gonna wait for you to set up the atmosphere, 
for you, so that I can deal with this situation, which needs to be dealt with, but it'll come out in love, it'll not come out condemning, it'll not come out judgmental, it'll come out with, hey listen, I care about you, when I see that you're heading in this direction, and, and, and please forgive me, but it's very obvious that the Holy Spirit is making some of us aware of this, you see what I'm saying? It's a whole different thing. There is an anointing, and I hope you understand what I mean when I say that word, there is a empowerment from the Holy Spirit to even deal with the worst situations and still be able to do them in love. Don't sin by letting anger control you. How many relationships have been destroyed by uncontrolled anger? And that's not the worst part. He's talking about not holding grudges then. He said that, it, 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 you know, it's not wrong to be angry, it's what you do with the anger. He says, be angry, but sin not. So there's a way to anger and not, not, not let it be sin. But then be quick to forgive and be quick to go get forgiveness. It's one thing about David. David in his life messed up royally time after time after time. But man, as soon as he realized what he did, he was quick to go to God and clear the whole situation up. And then later on, God says, he was a man after my own heart. The guy was an adulterer, he was a murderer, he was a controller, he was a horrible father. But he repented quickly. And so you see, David in his life experiences start over after start over after start over after start over after start over. Why? Because he was quick to repent. He was quick to get these things out of his life. The worst part about this anger issue, Paul says, it opens the door for the enemy to come in and bring worse when two people won't forgive each other. Verse 28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Do I even have to address this? (laughs) Jesus said, the enemy comes to? Again, when we conduct ourselves that way, what are we doing? Identifying with our old father. Well, I don't steal. I would never rob, or I would never take something from the job. Yeah? Um, can I have your phone for a minute? Come on, I can't leave up here. You're on your job, you're getting paid by the hour. And how many times did your boss walk in and find you on Facebook while you're supposed to be working? Of course, I don't have that problem on staff here. What are you doing? Did you have an arrangement with your boss that he'll pay you X amount of dollars while you're on Facebook? While you're on the phone talking to your girlfriends, your, your friends, your whatever, your mother, your father? Wow. The silence is deafening. <laughs> but, but we're not thieves. All right, can I move on? Because this is the one I want to take us out with here this morning. Don't use foul and abusive language. We think he's only talking about cursing here. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Yes, we as believers in Jesus Christ, let me just say something here, please, please. And look, this is cleanup time. It's spring cleaning, right? Yes or no? Why, how do we as Christians 
use the language that comes out of our mouth sometimes, and there's nothing in here that's condemning us. And there's nothing in here that's going, hey, what are you doing? What happened? And, and we want to use the cute substitute words. You're still meaning the same thing. Words are powerful. Listen to me. You came into the kingdom of God through words. Words brought you salvation. You confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Words are powerful. Words establish your place in the kingdom. Words will form your future and your destiny are formed by words. But it's bad enough when you curse yourself, but when you speak negatively about others, when you, you see the confirmation now? Okay. When you speak negatively about others, when you speak negatively about your job, your family, your health, your finances, your church, you not only condemn yourself to follow the path of that negativity, but you impose those words on others. That's what he's talking about here. That's abusive language. God distinguished us as human beings from the animal kingdom by giving us the gift of speech. We can not only, not only do we speak words, we have the intelligence to write them down so that they are saved for future generations. Now with technology, our words can be saved forever. How important is this? God created the universe with words. He's saying here as a Christian, We limit God by the words that we speak, number one, about ourselves, and number two, about others. James says, people can't contain all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Have you ever ever had somebody come to you and just hit you with a verbal attack that you feel like you've been vomited on. That's exactly what he's talking about here. We as believers, if we wanna really experience a start over, it's gonna have to start in here and what comes out of our mouth. We better start speaking what, I'm not, well you don't know how I feel. Honey, feelings have nothing to do with it. You and I as believers need to take our feelings and put them aside and say, this is is how I'm feeling on the inside. But the word of God says, are you hearing me today? Are you hearing me this morning? Now listen to me, I've got to stop. But there are some of you in this room that need to have a start over. And even like Paul said, under the authority of the Lord, I am speaking under the authority of the Holy Spirit right now. There are some of you in this room that need to start over, and you need it now. Some of you need to start over in the fact that you've never received Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior. Uh, you go to church, and you, you, know, you, you believe about Jesus, but you've never invited him into your life. And so you're, you're on the fringes. And, and you're even sensing some dissatisfaction, because you're like, I don't understand. You know, I'm going to church, and I'm, I'm reading the Bible, but... but, but the Bible is a foreign book to you unless you receive the author of the Bible 
into your life. And then he opens it up to you. So there's some of you that need that kind of a start over. But there's others. You need a start over because there was a time that you were passionate about the things of God. There was a time where your devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, if he asked you to go to the other side of the world, you would have picked up and left. And you've gotten cold. And most of us in this room have entertained almost all of what we've been talking about here that the Apostle Paul warned us about. And we need a fresh start over. There's no use looking in front on the outside if it doesn't change on the inside. Because you'll spoil the outside from the inside if it's not right. Are you hearing me? Could you stand up, please? We're, we're, we're at uh, a place where time is very, very valuable right now. But I recognize that we need to respond to this. Now, please hear me from my heart. You're only going to get this morning according to what you put your heart in. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. It's going to be kind of a general prayer. But you know what category you fall into there. And I need you, from your heart, to reach out and ask God to do a work in you. To either, either you're going to receive Jesus for the first time this morning, or you're going to break out of this pattern of, of just stagnation and get your fire back. One of those two things. For those who maybe are tolerating things that you never would have tolerated years ago, that's between you and God. You have to make that kind of amends. All right? I know this is sobering today, but it's necessary if we're going to experience a fresh start with God. Are you hearing me? Let's all together make a declaration of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I want you to repeat after me. Father, I do believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross to pay for my sins. And three days later, I believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead to bring me new life. I receive that new life. I receive Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. I receive my sins being forgiven and washed away this day in the name of Jesus. Father, in the areas where I've grown cold, where I've become lukewarm, where I've stagnated, I ask you to forgive me for the things that I may have tolerated, for the conduct unbecoming a believer. I ask you to forgive me. I receive that forgiveness. I receive the cleansing that you promised us. Now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the fire that once was in my heart will come back again. Put, put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. In the name of Jesus, I expect my passion, my fire, my devotion to come back again. 
You deserve this, Lord. Jesus deserves all of my affection, all of my attention. And in the name of Jesus, I separate myself from every ungodly thing, from all worldliness. You called us to be holy. Now I ask you to do that work in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.